When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to On Texas Football. In this episode, we have a special conver- uh, special conversation with a uh, ex-Longhorn that is uh, an all-pro NFL player, uh, one of our fan favorite as well, uh, and also one of Jerry Hamilton's favorites, uh, former Longhorns as well. Uh, Jerry joins me for this conversation uh, with Quandre Diggs. Quandre uh, from Angleton, Texas, originally played at Te- University of Texas from 2011 to 2014. Uh, two-time All-Big 12 NFL draft pick, played for the Detroit Lions, now a member of the Seattle Seahawks. Quandre, welcome in. Glad you guys happen to have me, man. It's a, it's a, it's a blessing to be on here for sure. <laughs> well, we're, we're happy that you uh, agreed to do this. And uh, I, I think that, you know, we're, we're uh, taking this, in, this uh, opportunity to share former Longhorns with other people that that can get to know you guys on a more personal level. Uh, but before we get into that, I just want to start off. You're an NFL player right now, and we have a lot of NFL fans as well as uh, college football fans, obviously. And I, I've got to ask you some quick questions, just one-word answers. Who? And, and you can't answer anybody on your team, current yeah. team. Who's the best quarterback in the league? Aaron Rodgers. Who's the, what's the best offense in the league? I would probably say the Arizona Cardinals. And who is the best player, all-around player in the league, regardless of position? Uh, Aaron Donald. Oh, the defensive line. Interesting. All right, Jerry, you want to start with us? Friendswood or Angleton? Come on, man. You know that. (laughs) Hey, look, for the people that don't know, I went to Friendswood. Q obviously went to Angleton, and we used to talk trash about this And when he was in high school because they used to play. Now we don't even play anymore. I think Friendswood got sick of winning. I don't know. <laughs> hey, watch out, man. Y'all coach go on. He's up there at Cougarville-wise, so y'all winning is done. <laughs> hey, Q, talk about growing up in Angleton. You know, obviously your brother, Quentin Jammer, great, great player at Texas in the NFL. DJ Monroe came through Angleton, went to Texas. BJ Foster's now at Texas. All the guys hadn't gone to Texas, but growing up in Angleton, was it always Texas? Don't forget the legend of Maude Hall. Uh, Maude Hall, that's right. Um, you know, um, I think it's, it, it wasn't, I mean, in the town, it wasn't always Texas. You know, I mean, we had a lot of people go to Texas AM and things like that, but, you know, in my family, it was always Texas. You know, it was. I mean, D- DJ grew up down the street, literally like five houses down the street. Him and Ahmad grew up in the same house, five houses down the street. Then, of course, heck, my brother been in the same household with me. It was always Texas. So, um, for me, my family, we were never like AM fans or Oklahoma fans and none of that. We was always Texas. But, um, I mean, that wasn't always meant that I had to go to Texas. So, uh, I'm sure you have some questions about that later. Well, Quandre, I I look at it and it's your fifth straight year now with three plus interceptions. I think I saw the the stat the other day in the NFL, the only defensive back uh, that is uh, situated 
you also played alongside some really good defensive backs at Texas. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro, just, uh, I think he, he's no longer, is he on a practice squad now or is no, he out? I think KV's just chilling right now. Yeah. And then a- Adrian Phillips had a big game the other day. Uh, you guys had some, some talented guys in that secondary. Um, Carrington Bynum was back there as well. Um, you know, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, that camaraderie that you developed there and then that carries on into the NFL and, and what it's about being part of, like, what we call DBU at Texas. Uh, I mean, first of all, it's a blessing, you know what I mean, to even be able to say that you went to the University of Texas and you played defensive back. You know what I mean? It's a blessing as itself to go to University of Texas, but to be able to play defensive back at that school with all that history and all those great players before you that you know you got to uphold those guys' legacy and continue to – that paved the way for you. So, um, I mean, it's dope. You know I mean? I have great relationships with a lot of those guys, and I still do have great relationships with a lot of those guys. You know what I mean? Me and AP, we still train together in the offseason. Um, KB lives in Austin, so I see him here and there. We got the same agent. I still keep in touch with Carrington, Duke Thomas, Michael Thompson. Um, you know, I keep in touch with a lot of those guys, and even the older guys, as in, you know, Curtis Brown, Shockey Brown, um, Aaron Williams, Earl Thomas. You know, what I mean, I keep in touch with those guys, and those guys are always congratulating me on things that I'm doing in the NFL and keep it pushing. But um, it's great camaraderie. Of course, my older brother, and, you know, Nathan Vasher and all those guys are legends to me and guys I grew up watching. So um, for me to be a part of that fraternity, you know, what I mean, it's, it's, it's no better feeling. Jerry? Yeah, t- talk about that, uh, Q. I mean, you've you've lived out the dream now. I, I, I can only imagine you're living your dream. You're living your best life right now. At what point in the was it in high school when you were ranked top fifty in the country? Was it after you got established at Texas? When did it really hit home that you could play in the NFL? Obviously, other than the belief you had in yourself, when did you realize I have this in front of me if I do it right? Oh, I mean, you know me, Jerry. I've always been very confident, <laughs> but I mean, honestly. Honestly, honest, honest question. I mean, honest answer. It probably started in little league for me. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> I love it. Like tearing up the little league field, going home, calling my brother. Like, hey, I scored five touchdowns today, or you know what I mean? So you know, doing things like that, and then you know, when it really hit home for me that I probably could make it to the NFL was when my brother got drafted in '02. Because for me, it hit different for me because it's like okay, my brother's accomplishing his dream and he's going to the NFL. I want to be better than him. So for me, I got to push and I got to do the things that's going to take me to get to that level like him and be better than him ultimately. And that's kind of always been my goal. You know that. and um, I think that's really when it hit probably Little League in 02 when he was drafted. You know what I mean? The high school stuff, I kind of, I always imagine myself being a top 50 player and in college, I always imagine myself, you know, being uh, a big-time freshman or, you know, have a great career at University of Texas. So I think for me, it really hit when it became I could touch it. You know what I mean? I could touch it. I could be around the LaDainian Thomasons, the Phillip Rivers, the Drew Brees, the Antonio Gates. It's like, this is exactly what I want to do. You know what I mean? So I think that's when it really hit me, if we've been honest. 
And follow up to that real quick, Bobby, is because, look, there's going to be guys, top prospects that will watch this. What is the one key, other than just the gifts and the competitiveness, what's the key to making it in the NFL for a player? I mean, uh, first, you know, I mean, I always keep God first. That's a, that's always my main thing. Uh, but it also has to do with the mental aspect of the game. You know what I mean? It's a lot of guys that say that, you know, they're locked in. They love the game. They want to do everything it takes to make it. But if you're not locked in mental, you know what I mean? None of that stuff is going to ever happen. And um, I take that very serious. You know, I mean, I've always been a player that um, even when I played video games, it was always like I want to get to mental mental edge on the computer when I'm playing the computer or playing against my friends. And um, I think when I got to Texas, being around Dwayne Aquina, um, Kenny Vaccaro, Adrian Phillips, those guys, it was just like my mental uptick even went higher. You know what I mean? And I knew a lot about the game, but just learning the fine details of, um, you know, if this guy does this, then boom, this guy's probably going to do this. You know what I mean? So um, I think the mental aspect is the, the most important part is knowing the game, the IQ, um, being able to play the game within the game in a small detail. I, I tell you what, this is, you know, Jerry and I, Quandre, Jerry and I um, both specialize in recruiting and have been that way for 20 plus years. And Jerry will, will agree with me on this because he and I have talked about it multiple times. There are times when you rank a guy in the top 50 or top 100 in the, in the country, and you are uncertain about that ranking. Um, there are got times when you rank a guy 50 to top 100 in the country, and you say, mm, can I get him a little higher? Um, and, but they don't have the, they're not six foot one. Right. You're not six foot one. Earl Thomas wasn't six foot. Uh, they, they, they don't have this or that, but they have. And I just I tend to call it a baller mentality. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't matter what position you played um, in high school. Didn't matter what you were asked to do. You did it one hundred and ten percent. It felt like, you know, and I think that as I look at this with a guy like yourself, who's maximized, I, I think as much as he possibly can and continues to do so right on an ongoing level. I see somebody that, that has that inner drive that I think is just rare. Um, there, there are going to be guys that are as talented as you physically, not a lot, but uh, some, and they're not necessarily going to get it out of themselves. But I think from a, a young age, uh, you were one of those guys, at least I could tell and, and Jerry could tell on, on film that, that it wasn't real hard to see that you were going to get the extra yard. You know, it wasn't, if it was third and two and you made three, you were trying to get five. No it question. wasn't, and you weren't going out of bounds, you know, there was a, and, and so I, I feel like that comes out to Jerry's point And even to yours, Quandre, that comes out in the way you play mm-hmm. um, at a young age, right? Some people can learn it though. I mean, I think some people get it later because they didn't, they weren't introduced to football as early or, or what have you, um, you know, take us back to your senior year, if you would, at, at Angleton um, in your junior year, you were playing, I think you're playing running back mostly. Is that right? Or quarterback? Quarterback. Quarterback. Yeah. Okay. And, and you were um, getting recruited by a lot of different people, Texas included. How did that all come down to where you ended up deciding to go to Texas? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, so let's take it back to, let's take it back to a couple weeks before junior day. So, I mean, as you guys know, 2011 class was me and Jackson Shipley. So, you know, you had the brothers, um, of course, Jordan, then you had my brothers, Quinn. So, of course, everybody was like, oh, we're going to offer the two brothers and they both going to be committed to Texas. So um, me and Ship would talk on Facebook. This one, Facebook was hot. Me and Ship would talk on Facebook. <laughs> and, um, I remember to the, I remember exactly like where I was and he hit me. He was like, hey, bro, I just got my junior day invite. You got yours? Like, hope to see you there because we haven't had met yet. And um, I was like, uh, I was like, no, nah, I talked to uh, I talked to Major. It should be coming. Because that's what, you know, that's kind of what I thought. So, you know, a couple of days go by. So I remember I hit major. I'm like, hey, I see guys getting these junior day advice. What's up? Like, and he's like, man, as you guys know, major was, well, you guys might not know to everybody listening. Major was my brother's roommate in college. So me and major were super close. So uh, major hit me back. He was like, man, it's some bullshit. <laughs> he's like, some bullshit going on around here, man. And they, they don't want you to come to the junior day. They want you to come to the second junior day. So I'm like, all right, cool. You know, maybe, you know, they want to space out guys. You know what I mean? Because they had like five or six DBs going to the first one. I'm like, okay, maybe they're going to space it out. You know, I'll go to the second one. So I hit ship up. He's like, what? He like, you going to the second one? Like, bro, you're for sure offering. Like, you you know what I mean? you top 50 player in the country. Like, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. So... Ship goes, he commits. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I see some other DBs commit. I'm excited. And they, the crazy thing is these DBs end up becoming my brothers. You know what I mean? Like two of my best friends to this day, Sherrod Evans and Michael Thompson, they go, they offer, they get, they commit. I'm like, hey, like, that's cool. But I didn't know them like that. So, um, you know, the next junior day, I want to say like two weeks later. So I go second junior day. I'm excited. You know, we get up there. I'm mad at my mom now because the night we get we get there on like a Friday, junior days on Saturday. And, you know, at this time, my brother's been spoiling me. I've been standing freaking four and five star hotels, a nice hotel. And my mom and dad, like, we stand at Motel 6. I'm like, what? Like, Motel 6? I'm about, to, I'm about to accomplish my dream and we stand at Motel 6. So I'm like, nah. So wake up the next morning, feeling good. Still remember exactly what I have. I had on some jeans, some boots, and like, a blue like jacket. I had like a blue, it was like an old navy or a Sean John jacket, one of the two. And I remember going in there and as we get there, I'm just so excited. You know, I've been there for some games, but like it's the first time like I'm getting to be around the coaches. Of course, Matt coached my brother, uh, Kenneth coached my brother. And a lot of those coaches and people still there. Miss Jean, Brian was still there. So um, for me, I'm excited just to see everybody. Um, I get there and then like I'm not getting as much attention as some of the other guys. It's like, okay, like you know, I mean that's kind of weird. Like, whatever. In my mind, I'm, I'm the best player here, so like why wouldn't I be getting that attention? Um, so I remember they call, they we go in, we have all those meetings, then at the end of the day, they call us to Coach Brown's office. And we go in there, and Coach Brown, he's like showing me the national championship ring. He's showing me the uh the Heisman trophy. And, 
you know, and blah, blah. He's talking like, you know, how excited, how crazy it is that I've grown up and done this. And I remember we sit down on the couch, he's talking, he's just like, oh, you know, like, we're not going to offer you today. Um, we want to keep evaluating you and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? that The rest of that stuff, I'll tell that story a little <laughs> bit down the road. But, like, basically they weren't going to offer me much champ, wanted taller DBs, and I didn't fit the mold um, of what they wanted. And, mind you, Earl Thomas is just tore it up there. So I'm like, okay, Earl's a half inch taller than me. Like, what's going on? So I remember after we leave the office, I'm pissed. Don't, I don't really talk to Coach Brown when I leave. Coach Akin is trying to give me his phone number. I don't want his phone number. Like, my mom literally made me get his phone number. I didn't want it. I didn't want anything to do with the school. I remember calling my brother and like, first of all, I was, what was I, 17? Yeah, I'm 17. So I remember getting in the car and y'all guys don't know, me and my mom are the same person. So my mom, she kind of let me grow up and be myself. You know what I mean? My brother was a little different. I was more responsible. So I remember getting in the car and I remember calling my brother and I'm like, F Texas, I'm not going there. And my mom's in the front seat and she's just like, oh, like she know I'm mad. You know what I mean? I'm like, F that, I'm not going there. I'm like, they don't think I'm good enough, then forget it. So boom, hang up the phone. I remember all the reporters start calling. You know what I mean? All the reporters, Jerry probably called. Hey, what happened? You're good. Oh, hold on, my screen, I think it popped. Let me see. Oh, there you go. Gotcha. Yeah, there you go. So Jerry probably called too and I was like, Nah, I ain't taking no calls. I take calls on Thursday and I answer whatever y'all want. So I remember getting in the car. We drove from Angleton. I mean, we drove from Austin to Angleton. Three hours and probably like 15 minutes. I didn't say one word to my mom, my dad, nobody. I didn't say anything to nobody. I didn't text anybody back. I remember getting home. And I think this is like, it's interesting because I'm 17, but like my mental capacity, I'm thinking about my future. I'm thinking about different things like, so on the way home, all I'm thinking is like, bro, first of all, I'm like, why am I tripping? I got off from every other college in the country. I'm like, that's they lost. You know what I mean? Like, um, that ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm just going to do what I do. It's crazy. I get home Monday, freaking Bo Davis call, and he's at Alabama. Gary Patterson calling at TCU. Um, USC was on probation, but they had offered me one of their scholarships. And I had all these offers, bro, from every school in the country, like every school. Jerry knows, like I had every offer. And I'm just like, you know what? Bump it. I'm like, I'm not going to and I'm not going to Oklahoma. I'm like, but TCU is winning. I'm like, Alabama, they just beat Texas in the national championship. So I'm like, okay, there. My brother told me I couldn't go to USC, though, because he didn't want me at USC. He didn't want me to get attracted to the Hollywood lifestyle and kind of lose focus. Um, so really – the only other place, only two places that I really was thinking about going was TCU and Bama. And when it came down to it, I was gonna go to Bama. Like I legitimately was gonna go to Bama. They called me, Texas called me like a month later. And they was just like, hey, we wanna offer you a scholarship. And they ended up offering a scholarship. I remember calling my mom, talking to her. And I really wanted to go to Bama because I was talking to Bo. Coach Saban was calling. I'm just like, bro, like, they winning every – they winning. Like, Texas – I think Texas had just went to the national championship and lost. I'm like, well, hell, this is the school that just beat them. I'm going to go to Alabama. I'm going to stick it to them. Like, I'm about to stick it to them. 
So, you know, um, Nick Saban was comparing me to Javier Arenas, uh, DB that they had. He was like, Javier's our punt returner. He's our kick returner. And he plays nickel. We think this is what you're going to play in the league, you know, blah, blah. So they they gassing me. So I get to talk to my family. Of course, my brother called me. I really want you to go to Texas. Like, that's where I really want you to go. Like, you know, it'd be better if you go to Texas, ball out and stick it to them that way and show them that you wasn't there. So end up committing to Texas. Long story short that, you know, basically Major was in the inside fighting for me the whole time. And Major really wanted me there. But he's like, bro, you're the two-time greater Houston player of the year. Like, why wouldn't we offer you and come here? Like, we've offered everybody else. Like, why can't we offer him? So Major went to bat and they was like, well, we're going to take him as an athlete because they didn't know they wanted me to play offense or defense. They had that. What really happened was DJ Monroe came in as a DB. Then they took it in the offense. So Coach Akina lost a scholarship. Muschamp lost a scholarship player that went to offense. And they didn't like that. And they thought I was going to be the same day. Um, but long story short, they ended up committed to Texas. Damien decommitted at the <laughs> Damien decommitted at the Under Armour game and committed to Bama. But Bo left Bama, went, went to Texas, and I ended up sticking to Texas. Interesting. I didn't know that you almost decommitted from Texas. That's a that's an interesting story. Um, you know, Quandre, you, you talk about that. And it's it's interesting because um, I I remember talking to to Coach Akina back in the day, and he told me that Kenny Vaccaro went to a Texas camp and didn't have an offer until the very last day when Kenny Vaccaro switched from playing wide receiver to defensive back on the that's last true. day of camp. And then he told me, and he also said, Michael Griffin, another great safety. I mean, you're talking about two of the best safeties in, in Texas uh, history. Michael Griffin didn't have an offer until the last day of camp when he switched from running back to go play safety. And so I, I think that, you know, people don't realize that college coaches, and it, this just doesn't happen at Texas either, by the way, although we're using that example because you're such a, a prime example and a great player for Texas that college coaches sometimes will um, – I, I think they overthink things, mm -hmm. right? I, I think that there's nobody up there at the, at the marker board saying, okay, I get that he may want to play offense or he may end up on offense, but this guy's good enough to play wherever he needs to play for us to help us win games, right? Right. And, I, I and, and Bobby and I'll add, I think, <clears throat> I think somebody's got to stand on the table in those co recruiting meetings and major stood on the table and look, he didn't stand on the table because it was uh, Quentin Jammer's brother. He stood on the table because he knew how good a player Quandre was. And that's why that's, I think as Quandre would, uh, would agree, that's how Quandre ended up at Texas. And thank you. Thank you. know, somebody's got to stand on the table in those situations in a tough, in a tough environment in a recruiting meeting. Yeah. So Quandre, tell us a little bit about yourself personally nowadays. Kids, significant others. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Uh, so crazy thing. I feel old, man. I'm 28. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, man, got a significant other uh, girlfriend going on eight years in January. Um, daughter, two years old, uh, handful. Just to let y'all know, if y'all think I'm bad with talking and doing whatever I want, she's gonna be worse. She's literally me all over, and from looks to freaking everything, body type, she's the same exact person. And uh, it's kind of scary to see it. Very stubborn, very hard headed, but um, I wouldn't expect anything less from my kid. Um, my mom and dad, they're all doing good. Quentin's still living in San Diego. He has four boys and a girl. Oh, his oldest boy is 15. He's a sophomore at Hightower. Um, the next one is 13. He actually won a championship game in eighth grade at Baines. He's a receiver. Um, his 12 year old, Kaysen, split image of me, y'all. Like split <laughs> image is crazy. Um, He's 12, he's in seventh grade. He calls himself Lil Nino because he thinks he's me. Uh, so, but I think uh, those three, they'll be pretty good. I think they'll end up all going to Hamilton and kind of keep the lineage going. And then he has two kids from his wife in San Diego now, um, Kingston. Um, Kingston, he's, I want to say, what, is this year seven for me? So Kingy is six. And then uh, Drixie, I think she's about to turn four. But, um, I mean, the family's good. We all good. We're blessed, man. Loving Austin. Um, and offseason, of course, this is home. And, you know, I mean, we're blessed. We can't complain. Just me, my girl, the little one, just be hanging out on the, on the bye week right now. And, and so I got to ask you, uh, Q, look, it's been a tough few years for Texas fans watching Texas and the mm -hmm. struggles. What's it been like for you? And what do you think the Texas program has to do to get back? Um, I mean, it's been tough for me, too. I've been losing a lot of money in the locker room. Right? <laughs> so, I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> so uh, that's definitely been tough, you know what I mean? Um, but, I mean, I think right now, I mean, I think the word of the day, you know what I mean, the freaking – quote of the week for the last three weeks has really just been finished. You know what I mean? Like, I know, you know, Sark came up under Pete and using the Pete analogy is like, do right longer. You know what I mean? They got to do right longer. That's literally what it is. You know what I mean? You do the small things and you do your job the right way for the longest amount of time you can do, which is four quarters of overtime. I have many to take. You will win the game. You know what I mean? So, um, that's the model that we still use in Seattle today. So I know Sark is using that in, in, in Austin right now. And it's just do right longer and do the small things right. Um, you know, leave no stone unturned. And um, I think it's finished. It's got to be finished. And like I say, I know that's what we use. And I know Sark is probably hammering it on to those guys. And I mean, I think at sometimes, you know, we like, I wouldn't say we, I would say maybe the media and maybe not you guys but the fans you always want to blame the coach like oh it's the coach it's the coach but at some point we got to hold the players accountable too no matter if they student athletes or not those guys got to be held accountable so you know not finishing that doesn't just start with the coach that starts with I mean I mean it starts with the coach but it doesn't just finish with the coach it starts with I mean it's with the players it's with 
the um, equipment guys is <laughs> with um, it's with the trainers on the sideline, you know, letting the coaches know. So it's everybody, you know what I mean? So um, the players got to be held accountable. And I just think once they get up sometimes in games, they lose focus and they kind of revert back to some of the old things that they were doing before Sark got here, which hasn't resulted in winning, which has resulted in, I mean, what, two coaches being fired and things like that. So um, I just think really you just need to lock in, be focused and, I mean, as you guys can see, we had a talent to win. You know what I mean? We up in all these games besides the Arkansas game. You know what I mean? Um, you're up in all these games. So it's really finish and do right longer. It's, it's really simple once you know how to win. But these guys have to learn how to win because they don't know how to win. You know what I mean? It's kind of something that I had to train my mind to when I left Detroit to go to Seattle. Um, you know what I mean? It was kind of the same thing. You know, I had to train my mind on how to win and know that we can win every game because when you lose for so long, your mind gets kind of put in that same situation where it's like, ah, oh, here we go again. Another one of those days. And um, I think I've learned how to train myself and now it's these guys time to learn how to train themselves. Quan, you know, you talk about it and I think there's obviously some issues uh, against the run in the second half for Texas. I'm sure you've seen enough of that, but from a defensive perspective, as you look at what Texas does on offense and what Sark does on offense, do you like what he does overall? Do you think the pieces, um, not necessarily all the players are the best players they can have or whatever, but do you feel like the offensive style is conducive to scoring a lot of points in, in this in, in the Big 12 and potentially going forward, or, or what do you think of that? Bobby, i tell you this. Me, Adrian Phillips, and Jordan Hicks talk every week and we say the same thing you give us this offense at texas we might only lose one game a year you know what i mean like legitimately the offense is, is not the problem they do have problems finishing the game and they do have problems scoring in the fourth quarter but once i give my defense this lead my defense gotta you gotta lock in can't be getting gashed in the run game you know what i mean you can't give up big plays on the outside Four quarters where you really lock in is the smart ball, the smart players, the, you know what I mean? The things that you you rely back on your fundamentals because you might get tired, but your fundamentals should never go away because that's something that you train your mind, train your mind to do each and every day in the off season. You train yourself during training camp and you train yourself during weekend practice. So um, I wouldn't say the offense is a problem. I just think the defense needs to pick themselves up in the fourth quarter and, and, and kind of somebody needs to be that guy to go talk to the guys, let them know, like, hey, like, this is what we finna do. You know what I mean? That last series, last week, before Baylor, when the offense went out there, Cedric Reed called me. He's like, bro, ain't nobody going to pump up the offense before before they go out there on the field. Like, they just going to go out there, you know, just hoping that they're going to do it and not knowing. You know what I mean? I got probably – right now, I'm playing with maybe the best leader in, in, in the NFL, Russell Wilson. Before every series, I mean, before a game-winning series, there's no doubt in my mind we're going to win the game. I just go sit on the bench. We get the ball back to him, and I'm just like, we finna win this game. I ain't worried about nothing because I know he's coming to the sideline. We finna go win this. We about to win this. Watch this. Watch this. Like, just give me the ball back. Watch this. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't see Casey doing that. I didn't see Bijan, you know, going up and, you know, saying like, hey, we finna do this, you know what I mean? I didn't see, you know, even though X is young, 
You know what I mean? I expect him to be like, hey, give me the ball. You know what I mean? So certain things like that, I, I just – I didn't see that. And now being older, you see it. But I remember in high school, it was like when I was a quarterback and we need to go win the game, I'm looking at the coach like, give me the ball, bro. Like, I want the ball. You know what I mean? Even now on defense, my D coordinator is Ken Norton Jr. And I literally tell Norton on third down, put the pressure on me, bro. Put it on me. And I promise you we're going to get out the field. And I just think you got to have more guys like that. And right now I don't see that. Yeah, the, the that's interesting. Um, how good do you think uh, B. John Robinson and Xavier Worthy can be? Those guys are legit. Legit. I tell you, legit. I've been a fan of B. John since last year. He wasn't even getting a lot of touches. I remember talking to uh, – talking to the equipment guys and talking to the trainers and, you know, all those guys were there with me and they was like, dude, he's one of the best people I've ever been around. It's like, he's phenomenal on the field, but he's even better off the field. So I've been a fan of him. And then I got to be around him a little bit this off season and see how he worked and, you know, see the way he carries himself. And it's like, you see him lighting guy, lighting it up on Saturday. You're like, it's, it, you can see it. You can see how he worked. You know what I mean? You can see how he carries himself. They're like, it's not, it's not new for him. And with Worthy, you know what I mean? Hey, we should be glad that Sark came here and Michigan let him out his letter of intent because if not, who would we be doing to besides, you know, the only other guy over there is Josh Moore. And, you know what I mean? He wouldn't be able to do it by himself. So, I mean, that guy, he's phenomenal. Cali guy, he has that Cali swagger to him. You know what I mean? I know the coaches got a little mad. He celebrated the other day, but like, let the kids have fun, man. Like, let him have fun. He's a freshman. He's about to break all the freshman records. And, um, I think those guys can be special. What What makes Worthy, as a DB, what makes Worthy a little bit different than the other guys, in your opinion? I mean, you can see his speed. You know I mean? You can see the speed when you're watching the tape. And you can also see that he takes pride in his crap. You know what I mean? He's a young guy, but from everything I hear, he's all business inside of the building. And he probably has the same idea I had when I came to college. I'm going to do three years in here, and I'm off to the NFL. You know what I mean? Like, some guys come with that mentality where it's like, I'm going to do three years. I'm going to play the best I can. I'm going to try to win as many games as I can. But my ultimate goal is to get to the NFL. You know what I mean? And that was my goal. You know what I mean? My goal was at all costs, I'm going to get to the NFL. And, you know, uh, I'm going to play my best ball. And at the end of the day, let the chips fall where they may you know what I love? Quandre obviously keeps up with recruiting. Uh, yeah. he knows, <laughs> you comment on it on Twitter. You, you know he keeps up. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm locked in all the time. I'm always on the message boards. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it all. You know what I mean? I know people be like, why is he worried about watching film? I need to know what's going on in recruit. I might need to start going. I need to go tell the guys who to recruit. That's what I need to do. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Jerry, you have anything before we close out here with Quandre? No, no. Most Texas fans, memory is when Q knocked out Pat Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. Is that your memory for your one singular play memory from Texas? It's really not. You know, that's I mean, what's interesting I, to me. Yeah. I, I love that hit, but like I don't even like to. I don't even retweet that hit. I don't do any of that because Pat's my guy. You know what I mean? Like, that's my guy. And um, he was young. You know what I mean? And it was just one of those plays where, like, you never want to see anybody get a concussion. But I think, for me, I think the end, the whole AM game, for me, is, like, my memory. You know what I mean? Like, that was really 
national scene against our biggest rival. I remember I had freaking my family was there, but my whole hometown dang near was there. My hometown was students. I had students there that was at AM. So it was like for me, I'm I gotta show out or I'm never gonna hit it. It doesn't. 81 yard punt return, yep. interception, like two or three pass breakups. Like it was just one of those days where like I'm 18 years old on the national stage, closing out a robbery that these guys still haven't played. I mean, that's my memory. You know what I mean? I know the hit is cool, but I mean, I come on, man. I had a lot more plays than just the hit. <laughs> I got I to gotta say this. That interception you made in the A&M game. I remember it to this day. You came off the outside receiver and went back inside. Yeah. And that's when – that that's not a play that, that uh, people uh, – a lot of people are able to make or see, right? right. And, and you saw that and, and then actually did something about it. Um, and that was a that was a great game uh, for you, Quandre. Appreciate All right, uh, Quandre Diggs, thanks for joining us. Uh, Seven-year NFL pro, Seattle Seahawks, Texas Longhorn, Angleton Wildcat, yes, uh, as well. Not a Friendswood Mustang. Friendswood uh, nemesis. <laughs> Gary Hamilton. He destroyed uh, my Mustangs, man, and told me about it every year. <laughs> hey, hey, I went to Dobie, so let's talk about the Longhorns a little bit, okay? <laughs> All right. Guys, thanks for having us. It's been On Texas Football. Please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel. Also, check us out daily on InsideTexas.com. Thanks.